had a picture there, and that's one I lead off with this morning. Awesome picture that was caught right at the moment of graduation, and the caps went in the air the other night at Rivercrest, and uh, here we go, here we go. Um, up to this point, guys, everything in your life has been uh, told you what to do. You've had advice and tips and things from every direction, um, from everywhere to clean up your room, to pick up your clothes, to uh, eat all the food on your plate, to uh, be in at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever that curfew was, uh, and everything has been told to you and told to you, and you're about to embark on a journey that all of a sudden now the reins have been let off, and you can kind of decide and pick and choose what you'd like to do. Now, as we talked about in class this morning with Dylan, he's about to head off to uh, be the CEO of Walmart one of these days, I think. But uh, he said, you know, you think, man, you get through high school, I can be what I want. Then you got college, they tell you what to do. Then you get through college and you think, I can do what I want to now. And now Walmart's going to tell Dylan what to do, all right? Everybody's always going to tell you something that you got to do. And so advice, advice, advice. I'm sure mom and dad, they haven't been just speaking blindly over the last 12, 13, 14, 18 years. They've been trying to get you prepared, get you ready, get you focused for this very moment in life. I was thinking the other day, what would I say to my 18-year-old self if I had a chance? If I sat down 18-year-old Todd this morning and, and wrote a letter, go, go a couple screens forward there, and if I, I wrote a letter to myself, what would I say? Ever thought about that? If you had a chance this morning to set yourself down at 18 years old, what would you, what do you think you'd tell yourself, Rick? Any thought about that? Probably wouldn't listen anyway, would we? We wouldn't have listened. Um, I got a picture for you, Garrett. This will make you laugh. Here's my 18-year-old self. Look at that. See, I was meant to be a, 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 a Rivercrest coat in that red. I was always meant to be that. But I had that feathered hair going on and... Uh, you see where Libby gets that red hair now. My hair used to be orange. It was so red. But I, can, I just I got thinking how I would do that and what I would do. So I sat down Friday and I wrote a letter to my 18-year-old self. And I'm going to read that letter to you this morning. And in the middle of this letter, I'm going to give our seniors some advice. And I don't know. I, I read it to Dana yesterday because she's in extended sessions this morning. And, and I cried about it all the way through it because you get thinking about where we've been and what we've been through and, and what we've faced, the times that we did right, the times we let God down and, and all those things, and it begins to just kind of be more than you can handle sometime. But let me read you my letter. And in the middle of the letter, I'll, I'll give some advice too. Maybe it'll help all of us some. Letter to my 18-year-old self. Hello, Todd. Well, you're 52 years and a half old, and the year is 2014. You're not going to believe the journey you're about to set out on. Here's the short version. For the next six years, you will attend three different colleges, CMO, SBC, and ASU. Don't worry, you finally get your degree, and you can be the coach you always wanted to be. Along the way, you've met some incredible friends, had some great experiences, and by the way, you've met the girl of your dreams. She loves sports and travels all over to watch you play softball. She will always be your best friend. 
She has great parents, and they will always be there for you. You'll be married before you get out of college, but it's all good. Your grades go up tremendously. Instead of coaching, you will settle on a career. Now get this, selling paint. Don't ask, not sure how that happened. But it works out great for the next 20 years. You will experience success. You'll get to see some great places and meet some great people, at least most of them. You will think your life's course is set. Sadness will come into your life in 2002 and you will lose your dad. But he is where he always wanted to be. He's in heaven with the Lord, and you will see him again. Mom is still doing well, and as are your brothers and sisters. And at age 43, God is going to call you to a new life. You will argue with him for several months, but you finally surrender, and you become pastor at First Baptist Church in Kaiser, Arkansas. You will minister to some of the greatest people you've ever met. You've noticed the absence of talk about children. That's because you and Dana couldn't have any, but God took care of that too. From 2009 to 2011, you'll be blessed by three beautiful girls. Watch the little one. She's a mess. Today, believe it or not, you're preaching to four great young people that are also 18. I want to share with you, Todd, what I'm about to share with them. First of all, during college, there's a strong pull to do your own thing. I thought that I'm free to do whatever I want now that I am not under mom and dad's roof anymore. You will miss many great opportunities for the Lord. And I think that breaks my heart the most. You see, it's kind of like that with God's grace and what God's done for you. He takes care of your faults and your failures and your mishaps, but it's all the missed blessings. It's all the missed opportunities that you could have done for the Lord. I got out my yearbooks last night, just looked through college and through high school, and I thought about I looked at the pictures of those that went on mission trips and those that went and sang and went and done revivals and things like that as a college group, and I'm going, how awesome would that have been? I had an opportunity to do that, but I was too busy doing my own thing. You will regret this when you get older. Let me encourage you to follow God no matter what. Stay strong and realize that he has a master plan for your life. And I would say that to our graduates this morning. He has a master plan for you. It's the very best plan. Sadly, you could look around this room and talk to several, and they would say they took many detours from that plan. But the amazing thing about God is that he comes and brings us back, and he gives us second and third and 50-second chances to do it right. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, next screen, 
Dylan had this at the end of his PowerPoint. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And here's a great verse. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If I could have told my 18-year-old self, and as I tell Garrett and Taylor and Ethan today, seek God and seek him with all your heart. Because when you do that, you'll find him. And he will do amazing things in your life. Amazing things. Remember to follow God no matter what. Because there's going to be times you fall flat on your face, or there's going to be times you succeed and do really well, but you just keep following God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Second thing, as I talk to myself, chasing stuff will put a huge burden on your family if you're not careful. Credit card offers will come from everywhere, and it will be easy to charge things up. But someday the bills come, and they must be paid. This will keep you from doing things for the Lord that you wish you would like to do. And save for the future, because when you get 52 and a half, it gets harder, especially with three little girls. The Bible says this in Matthew 6, next screen. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you chase after the most will be where your heart is. And listen, there's nothing wrong with things. There's nothing wrong with nice things and stuff and money. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But when they became the sole number one, when they come be, become the sole number one factor of why you exist, things get out of balance. Don't do that. Don't do that. Third thing. Treat your wife or your spouse, your husband, like the Lord meant you to. Love her with all you have. Respect her and be faithful to her. You will find being faithful to her is easy when you love her with all your heart. You would never want to hurt her. Take more time to pray with her. Listen to her when big decisions are to be made. She has a great insight. And she always seems to be prayed up. She is very special. The greatest gift that God ever gave me was my wife. She's always been there. She's very, been very supportive. I've took her different places and we've done different things. When I went to her at age 43 and said, I'm about to change our career, you know what she said? If, that was, if that's what God's calling you to do, we better do it. 
Let me encourage you guys, Taylor, Ethan, and Garrett, find someone that you love with all your heart. Find someone that will support you in everything and support them in everything. Love them with all that you have. And depend on each other and grow together. I know you're thinking, well, Brother Todd, I haven't even got to college yet. I understand. But it's never too early to start thinking about these things. Look deeper than how they look, what they've got, where they're from, how well they kiss. Look deeper than that. Look at their heart. Look what's important to them. And may both of you put God number one. And when you do that, everything will make sense underneath. In Ephesians 6, 25, it says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And Taylor, it says, for wives to submit themselves to their husbands, Christ submitted himself to the cross. I pray that each one of you will find that someone very, very special. That's someone for life. That's someone that God has purposed for you. The fourth thing is related to that as I continue to talk to Todd. Take care of your children and raise them in the Father's way. You cannot do anything. You cannot do anything greater than to teach them about Jesus Christ. Nothing. You can buy them things, you can take them all over the world, but showing them Jesus is the greatest. At about 48 years old, you will get to see your daughter Abby come to know Christ as her Savior. You'll get to baptize her. That will be one of the greatest days of your life. Here's some verses, seniors, to hide in your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I know the families that these ladies and these men come from, and they have done that. They have impressed Jesus upon them. They have shown them the way to live. Todd, in your home in 2014, you have posted on the wall, along with pictures of your girls, nothing is impossible with God. Remember that all your life. Remember that all your life. Lastly, I know, I know, I can hear you saying, just let me go, I got this. I know all this stuff, I can hear me saying that. 
But give me just a few more thoughts. Learn to be content. I think if there was any advice that I could give to myself and give to you right now, it would be learn to be content. This whole world is it's just struggling. It's struggling because it's not content. And do you know where contentment is found? It's found in Jesus Christ. We chase after this. We chase after that. We chase, 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 chase. And we get there and we go, oh, I got it. And the next day we're going, but I want that. And we chase and we chase and we chase and we chase. Oh, I've got it, but I want that. And we chase and we chase and we chase. Learn to be content. And there's nothing wrong with drive. There's nothing wrong with setting goals. There's nothing wrong with going after what you want. But when it is the sole thing that drives you, it will drive you crazy. It will drive you crazy. If you can find contentment in this world, you will be a happy person. By the way, you're still working on that at 52. Sorry. But you're getting there. Contentment will not come from things of this world. It will come from Christ. Realizing that everything is temporary and disposable will give you some perspective. Realize that, seniors. Everything is temporary and disposable, except Jesus. Know this. Everything with God is everlasting. You want something that's going to last forever? You get in behind Jesus Christ. You get in behind God's plan for your life. That is everlasting. That's where your hope lies. That's where your salvation lies, and that's where true love lies. Please remember this. Please. If you can love people like Christ, life will be good a majority of the time. Don't live life so hard. Don't be arguing with someone all the time. Just realize that every hill is not worth dying on and that everything is not life or death. Jesus will see you through every day of your life. He will give you strength when you don't think you can go on. When you feel weakest, God is at his best. Listen to these verses, first on contentment and then on God's strength. I know what it is to be in need. Next, next screen. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. There's been days when I've had all that I needed. There's been days when we didn't have all that we needed. But you know what? We made it because of Jesus Christ, because of God watching out over us. Second Corinthians says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. When you think like you need more and you want more and you just don't have enough, you don't have enough, realize this, God's grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient for everything that you could possibly need. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And how am I strong? Through Jesus Christ. Then I am strong. We talked about this verse Wednesday night. We talked about, this comes right after Paul's thorn in the flesh. What was that thorn in the flesh? What was that one thing? By the way, it said it was sent from a messenger of Satan. 
Satan brought that whatever it was into, into Paul's life in order to make him useless for God. And he kept praying, God, take it away, take it away, take it away. There'll be times, senior, when you'll say, God, I don't want to do this. Take it away. God, take it away. God, take this storm away from my life. I don't want to go through this. But he will say this, my grace is sufficient for you. I will bring you through this. And you're going to face all these things. There's always a talk. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Was it eyesight? Was it a stuttering problem? Was it some kind of physical ailment? And there was a great point brought up the other night. Maybe it was all of these things. For I look at these things in weakness, in insults, in hardships, persecutions, difficulties. We fall, we fall into all those things. We face all those things as God's people. But he turns around and says, don't fear. Don't worry. My grace is sufficient. Isn't that a huge promise to know? Isn't that huge to know, seniors, that wherever you go, God's grace is going to be sufficient for you? It's incredible. It's incredible. Well, I have to go. Your middle daughter, Libby, just dropped a chair on her toe. Good thing you took first aid in college. But in closing, you will do some good things, but you will also do some things wrong. You will fall down a lot. And when you do, get back up and keep running the race and keep fighting the good fight. It will be worth every minute. There are a lot more things I could tell you, but I'll leave some as a surprise. By the way, don't freak out when you lose your wedding rings in the white box in the snow in the dark. You find them, and Dana doesn't need to know about this. She'll be crying enough as it is. Good luck with that. And the Cardinals win the World Series in 82, 06, and 11. But I leave you, Todd, with some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Share them as often as you can. It can change someone's future. Let the Lord lead you in all facets of your life. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Seniors, I would encourage you when you get home to look up Ephesians 2 and mark about the first 10 verses of Ephesians 2. I'm going to read you just 4 through 10. But these are my life verses. And the reason I like them so much is it makes me realize that God's grace is a gift, but also it's available to everyone. It says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, 
masterpiece, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's some verses that will take you a long, long way. At the end of the day, seniors, I really can't tell you one one thing about the future. I can tell you some godly things about the future. I know that if you believe in him with all your heart and you trust him as your savior, I can tell you this, I can guarantee you this in the future, you'll spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. But as far as what's going to happen today, next week, the next four years in college or in your career, in your job, I have no idea, and I'm sorry. But I can tell you this. I know that each one of you have accepted Christ. And before you even step a foot out into this new chapter of your life, I can give you these promises. You can take this stuff with you. You are holy. You are righteous. You are the redeemed. You are set apart with a brand new heart. You are free indeed through Christ Jesus himself. With every mountain and every valley you face, through each heartache you will see this. Every moment will bring you closer to who you were meant to be and closer to God if you'll follow him. God bless you all. I love you, and this church loves you. And as I said earlier, when you get out there and it gets crazy, and it will, amen, church, it will, this is safe base. Remember when you was little, you used to play tag, and there was safe base. If you got to safe base, nobody could touch you. Nobody could tag you. You were safe. This church is your safe base. You'll just make that journey home. Right here, you can find comfort and love and prayer. You can find God. And you can just kind of settle down for just a moment and be still and know that he is God. And there's other churches out there where you're headed that can do that same thing for you, but this will always be your home. And we love you with all that we have. We pray God's richest blessings on you. And we pray that it will be everything you hoped it to be and more. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for loving Christ. And we send our love with you.